Uh, noticed on my calendar uh, that we had originally planned to go to Cambodia for a short-term mission at the end of this month. And I remember we were going to send our brother John out first and get him situated and then hopefully have him host our short-term mission team. And obviously the Lord saw fit for things to go a little differently. Many of us know John and many of us are supporting him. I'm sure if you have met him and he's met with you and talked and shared with you about his call and also the work that the Lord has called him to do, um, you know that your encounter with him wasn't just a financial support type of meeting. And he didn't just ask for your finance, financial support, but he uh, probably really asked for a partnership that's personal, rooted in prayer, a partnership that's rooted in the gospel. To support him as he fulfills his call uh, to be a missionary in Cambodia, uh, he knows that he he needs more than just finances, uh, a well-balanced book, but he needs partnerships in the gospel. And, you know, in the early months, Pastor Stephen and I would ask John how his uh, support raising was going. And in the beginning, uh, I'm sure as the admission committee also knows that uh, there were times we were a little nervous. Uh, but we really witnessed uh, many partners committing to co-labor with John. The Lord provided and his provision was granted through the generosity of the gospel community. Uh, many of us in ELM, many of the other local churches, and, and John also even went out to non-local churches to raise support, uh, prayer partners, and gospel partnerships. And even when I asked John if I could use his testimony as an introduction to today's message, he replied, anything for the kingdom. And, and that's the type of man John is, a anything for the kingdom man. Many of us who've been on short-term missions or had to uh, raise support, we know that the joy and, and the comfort of knowing uh, um, that people are so, uh, knowing generous people who are willing to support uh, yes, financially, but also in deep prayer and follow-up. You know, we know when uh, there's such a deep comfort when they say, you know, if there's anything else you need, don't hesitate to ask. We know the, the comfort and the affirmations of knowing that they're praying for us, that they're willing to give us uh, their luggage bags, uh, they give us travel tips, and they tell us the best place to get coffee, you know, even though you might be in remote places of the world. And uh, this is what the Apostle Paul uh, draws out for us today uh, as he concludes his letter, um, as he finishes mission report uh, to the church in Philippians, those who are partnered with him. He, he draws out once more this partnership, and, and, and with it he draws out this generosity that the gospel really gives. He tells us that when no other church partnered with him, the Philippian church was there to give and to receive. They were willing to share his troubles. They were also willing to share his joys. And they shared his desire for the gospel to advance. And this is what really united Paul and the church. It was, it was the joy and the desire through whatever troubles to see the gospel advance and the kingdom of God go forward so that souls will be one. We see that a, a gospel-driven church is marked by generous partnership for the kingdom. And so today's gospel message is very simple. It's that God supplies all of our needs so that the gospel may advance. 
And we'll look at two points in our text today that giving grows us and God supplies us. If you look with me again in verse 17 and 18, uh, Paul says, Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. We know that throughout Paul's letter to the Philippians that they have supported him through finances and gifts. They supported him by sending missionaries like Epaphroditus to come and and work alongside him. And they've supported him by ongoing prayer while constantly updating one another on the efforts of the kingdom and the front lines. And, And this is why Paul says that he does not lack anything and is well supplied Though he is in jail, though he is poured out as a drink offering, he says he lacks nothing. In fact, that he is well supplied. In verse 17, Paul says that he did not seek the gift for his own self-sustaining gain, but the fruit that increased to their credit. This means that gospel-driven generosity grows the giver as much as the recipient is blessed. And this is why in Acts 20 we see uh, Paul, when he talks to the Ephesian elders, he he quotes what Jesus says, and, and he says, it is better to give than to receive. And so here in verse 17, we see that gospel-driven generosity is how we practically loosen the world's grip over our hearts. A practical way to live out the gospel is to give generously. And this is what Paul argues for in chapter 2, isn't it? Jesus models this generosity in the most remarkable way, by giving up his life for us. By giving his life, we see that death no longer had a claim over him, and also he's overcome death. By giving his life, he received, in some ways, eternal life. And also he received brothers and sisters for all eternity who would also have eternal life in him. So so if this is true for the believer who is united to Christ, then Paul makes the case and and he says that we ought to do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. He says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And this is an appeal for Christians who have experienced Christ's love and generosity, who has seen and witnessed the modeling of this type of generosity of Christ giving up his own life, to live in a similar way, to live driven by that gospel generosity. The gospel is supposed to, uh, therefore, root out any self-centeredness or selfishness. And as the gospel unroots us of an inward focus, we see this is how the Spirit starts to produce its fruit in our life. This is when we start to see and, and experience, not only in our lives, but also as we engage with others, love, joy, peace, Patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is also a way we learn how to be content. As Paul said last week in our text, that he has learned to be content. A life of generosity, a life of giving, a life that is not self-centered, but spirit-wrought, gives a deep contentment, a, a deep joy and a satisfaction. And so we know a general principle as Christians who live for Christ and who live knowing that life is all eternal, that we store up heavenly treasures by giving generously earthly things. Uh, Pastor Kent Hughes um, said this, he said, The truth is, the only money that we will see again is that which we give away. And for a Christian, what he's, he's saying is that when we give money, when we give finances, when we give generously, that's when we will see a true and eternal return for the kingdom's sake. You know, I've been really proud uh, and blessed by our ministry, by ELM, by our body, by the individuals. And I know more often than not, uh, during a sermon, that the preacher comes on strong, he lays it on thick, and or perhaps that's just me. And, and oftentimes, uh, the drive can most likely be like, we have to be more generous, we're not generous enough. But you know, as I really reflected on our body, uh, on our people, and the way that the Lord has uh, really worked in uh, the lives of our group, I was really encouraged. You know, over the past few months, um, people have been really giving generously to our diaconate, and our diaconate has really grown, and that's given us the ability to really uh, seek out and find those who need uh, help and those who need uh, the touch of Christ through very practical uh, means and mercy. Uh, we know that that people are really uh, doing all that they can to buy and collect and drop off food and other items uh, to our, our, our developing partner, um, partnership with the Chelton Food Pantry. And, and we've also been able to see that our times and our offering has been steady and faithful. And so I was so encouraged as I reflected upon this text and, and I thought to myself, you know, the Lord is really growing us and He is challenging us and He's encouraging us and He is using us for His kingdom. And so, brothers and sisters, um, what a joy it is to experience that. And some of us have experienced it firsthand and, and some of us um, have been um, able to really experience the joy of giving. And on the other end, some of us have really been humbly able to experience the joy of receiving the Lord's provision through others in, in our community that are willing to give generously. So, so brothers and sisters, let's continue to live out the gospel in this way. Be generous to one another. Whether you have a lot or a little, let's, let's be a, a, a community driven by the gospel uh, that gives generously to one another. You know, at the same time, if there is indeed any greed uh, or stinginess or bitterness for giving in the past that has not uh, come back with recognition or some form of, of, of payback, let's, let's repent of it. You know, I know a lot of times, particularly for those who are serving a lot in the church, for those who are giving a lot, you know, after some time passes, although initially you didn't feel the need to be recognized or you didn't feel the need to uh, receive anything in return, sometimes over time, you know, I would confess, and I'm sure many of you will, 
that in our hearts we, we grow a desire to receive something in return. We want to see that our efforts or our finances or the things that we give generously are, are, are being recognized or at the very least um, being appreciated. And so if, if there's any bitterness that is well up, you know, I believe the Lord is calling us not only just to be generous and give, but also to give cheerfully and to do it with a heart of partnership uh, with the church, a, a partnership uh, with kingdom work. Because we're, we're told here that, that as Paul received all these things from the church in Philippi, that the, his joy actually came not in the finances and the gifts, but his joy really came in being able to witness uh, the Philippian church giving generously because it was a sign of the gospel taking root and hold of their lives. And so we, that, so we see that uh, giving generously actually grows us. And so practically, if, if um, we really desire to be more like Christ, a practical way to do that is to give generously uh, like Christ, cheerfully. And so that takes us to the second point. As, as the Lord knows our hearts, as the Lord sees in, in, in the ways that we give generously, even though no one may see it or recognize it, He also supplies us accordingly. He also replenishes us accordingly. He also gives to us all that we need so that we may continue to give. We see that generosity uh, allows us to be more generous. And we, if we see that type of looping and and. and a pattern a growing. And that's because it's not karma. It's not if you do good, good things will return. But it's because we worship a God who supplies our every need according to His riches. The second point is, is God supplies. God supplies. In verse 19, Paul says that, that he believes that, that God would supply the Philippian church with all that they need according to His riches. We see that generous giving is a testimony that we really do believe in a God who provides for us and supplies our every need. And I want to pause here a little bit and and help us to consider because I believe there is somewhat of a paradigm shift in the way we are supposed to think about giving and receiving here. You see, the worldly way of uh, thinking about giving and receiving is that if if you give me something, I will give you something or at least feel obligated to in return. If I give you something, you know, I expect some kind of return down the road. However, Christians operate in a, a bit of a different paradigm. Christians are people who depend wholly on God. God is the ultimate provider and giver of all things, whether you are wealthy or whether you are not as well to do. And and therefore, if we give someone something, we know that we first received it from God. Likewise, if we receive something from someone, we know that God will continue to provide for them. And so the burden of return is not in our hands. The burden of return is not in the recipient's hand. But the burden and the provision of return is in God's rich and all-powerful and all-sovereign hands. This, this means that we should not, oh, I'm sorry, this doesn't mean that we shouldn't be thankful and grateful to one another. 
but it does mean that so we should be thankful and grateful to one another, even though everything comes from God. But it but also means that within a community of believers, we should be able to give and receive with a, with a steady assurance and comfortability that, that we all live under the Father's roof. And so if I can give you a, a low-hanging illustration here, you know, when my, when my kids share their toys... We do teach them, and they are thankful to one another. Uh, my youngest son right now is really into trucks, um, particularly garbage trucks. And uh, my older son is uh, into dinosaurs. And while they play, sometimes they think to themselves, you know what, I could use a dinosaur and a truck. You know, and so we encourage them to share their toys. And they are uh, thankful to one another because it... it it allows them to enjoy the play more and more. And even when they play together, it, it allows them to experience uh, things. And so uh, we're trying to encourage them to be generous with their toys to one another, to be thankful to one another. But they ultimately know that uh, their toys are provided by mom and dad, and, and sometimes grandparents. You know, nothing is theirs that hasn't first been given to them by their parents. And so there is a deep thankfulness Uh, towards one another there's a deep generosity if they really understand that everything has been given to them and there isn't so much of a burden uh, for one to feel like they have to pay the other back necessarily but they know oh the more we share the more we receive from our parents you know this is why paul says and my god will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He doesn't say, you know what, I received so much from you. I don't know how to thank you. I don't know how to pay you back. He doesn't say, I'm going to try to pay you back. I'm going to, I'm going to try to um, give you guys in return something that's, that's equal or, or somewhat um, appreciative of what you've given to me. He doesn't have this burden to pay back generosity. He has a deep and genuine thankfulness and an appreciation, but his reply is this. Not that he will repay the Philippian church according to his own riches or his own hard work, but that my God, my Father, the one who holds all the stars in his hands, my God, who is rich in all things, he will continue to supply all of your needs according to to his riches. Paul doesn't hope to pay the church back according to his own riches, his own hard work. There is no sense of debt or obligation. But in humility, there's an understanding that within their gospel partnership, within their gospel community, among Christians who are solely focused on the advancing of the gospel, that they can give and receive like children who get their everything from their Heavenly Father. And so this humbles everyone, and this ought to deepen our thanksgiving, not only to one another, but ultimately to God, and to glorify Him with it. And obviously this is different from an agreement. You know, you can't tell your mortgage company, my God will supply your every need according to His riches. They're not going to take that. Nor should you withhold payment that is due. But within the, within the context of a gospel community, for gospel believers, generosity should be a guiding principle 
of genuine partnership. Why? Because, because giving not only grows us, but, but underneath of that, we know that God ultimately provides and supplies according to His riches. Our Heavenly Father is rich in all things. He, he's the one that supplies His children with everything they need to live and to Christ. Because to live is to Christ. And, and this is why, again, Paul is content in every circumstance. You know, when he, when he, when he has a lot, he's content. When, when he receives a lot, he's content. There isn't this uh, a self-deprecation of like, oh man, like I'm worthless. You know, I don't, I don't have enough and so I'm always having to live receiving from others. No, there's a, there's a deep a thankfulness and, and there is a humility without a, a depreciation of his own worth because, because he's able to not only give generously, but he's able to receive generously. Because he knows that giving from the Philippian church is growing them. And that the, the giving is ultimately coming from God. That God gives, he supplies, he provides according to his riches. Again, Kent Hughes, a pastor who, who talks about uh, this particular concept, gives this type of illustration. You know, He says, if, if I had a million dollars and I gave you a hundred dollars... I would be giving out of my riches. However, if I give you a blank check, I would be giving you according to my riches. In other words, if, if I won the lottery and I said, hey, here's $100, you know, I, I, I appreciate you and I want you to be able to get what you need. I would be giving you that $100 out of my riches. But if I give you a blank check and I say to you, whatever you need, use it. Fill this check out to whatever you need, and it's yours. Then I will be giving to you according to my riches, according to all that I have. I'd be saying you have access to it all. And so Paul is, Paul is reminding us, and he is encouraging the Philippian church. He's saying that for all that you have given to me, for all the ways that you have partnered with me, for all the ways that you have been so generous, my joy is in knowing that you in that giving are being grown to be more like Christ, that you're living out what it means to be a Christian. And also, I trust and I believe that God will continue to supply all that you need to advance the gospel, to live and be faithful. If God gives according to His riches, this means that nothing is impossible and there is no human limit because all things are under God, and all things are in His hands. So then we're reminded, this is why Paul writes in Romans 8.32, He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? We're reminded that God is the one who first graciously gives to us His Son. And with Him, all that we need to become sons, faithful and obedient, filled with joy and generosity in Him. God supplies according to His riches. God supplies all that we need. 
And so I want to conclude with this as Paul continues in the final greetings in verse 21 to 23. We see that this type of generosity, this type of gospel partnership between Paul and the church has, has, has produced and, and brought out uh, not more finances, not simply um, a better equipment or, or products or, or um, um, I just, com- I blanked on, I'm look- I was, okay. It, it didn't produce just uh, more things, but uh, a, a generous gospel partnership has won souls. And so we see in, in the final greetings, Paul says that, that people in Caesar's household also greet you. We see that in Paul's ministry, in his being supplied generously by the church, that souls have been won, that people have been won to the kingdom, that this generosity has allowed the gospel indeed to advance and to go forth. So brothers and sisters, let's first remember God's generosity in our lives through Jesus as we received eternal life. But let's also remember how he's provided for us all along the way. Then let us give and receive among one another in Christ Jesus with all humility, with all generosity. Again, our gospel message today is that God supplies all of our needs so that the gospel may advance. Giving actually grows us, and we know that God is the ultimate one who supplies according to his riches. Will you bow with me in prayer?